You know, for for this episode, I feel like oh, it's, yeah. it's a great episode. We've really got to like get the mood right. I'll get those levels, the, the levels right. So I'm gonna go adjust. Give me, give me, give me okay. a check there. All right, check one two. Okay, okay, a little bit softer. Check one two. A little bit louder. Check a little bit softer. Check tiny bit softer. Check just the just the slightest whisper louder. Check. Oh, that's there. It is. That's perfect. There it is. All right, ready to do the levels. Uh, Give me some checks there. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Will and Jace. A Frasier podcast. (laughs) All right, we are diving into episode four of season four. Yeah. It's like meta, right? Frasier palindrome, of which there are only 11. (laughs) Four, four, what the four? Well, make a wish. <laughs> a crane? Are we dying? <laughs> a crane's critique is the name of the episode. Uh, original air date of October twenty second, nineteen ninety six. So if things seem spooky in this episode, that's intentional. Ooh. Be on the lookout for Daphne unpacking Halloween decorations. The, in my mind, the author disappeared. Where did he go? We don't know. Even though him and Martin are friends, he'll never be seen or spoken of again. <laughs> he was dead the whole time. <laughs> Last week, uh, you took a guess as to what this episode would be about. I even have the audio proof. I'm willing to spill the beans unless you pay me $500. I think you just are in serious financial straits here. $300. I'll I'll lend you the money. Okay, can I play the... It'll help the listeners. Frazier and Niles team up. They're not competing to review a psych paper, a psych review paper of a prominent psychiatrist it's like the big this person is like the biggest deal in their field so it's a very big deal they've been asked to do it and in true Fraser and Niles fashion they critique and critique and critique and like kind of go insane and get way too into it and miss the deadline and then the person doesn't even want their critiques anymore wrong again will Frasier wrong again we need like a system because I'm calling it a win again because they team up to review a paper. You shouldn't get to determine the wins and losses. I know. Because you, you hate losing. It's weird. Thus you've called each of your predictions a win. <laughs> you know I invented the U.S. Senate? I want to say that that this your prediction was similar to that prediction where they wrote a book together, the author-author yes. episode, right? So that's kind of what you were picturing for this one. Yes, Ish. I didn't think they'd be fighting this yeah. time. Which they weren't. Yeah. As much as Fraser Niles could ever not be fighting. It was more of a them teaming up. Team up. Right? So they, they sometimes they team up, sometimes they fight, sometimes both. It's Frazier. You don't know what's going to happen. You do, though, from but the here's, description on here's, Hulu. Here's what happened. I'm not allowed to read it. This is the synopsis. The beginning of the episode starts at Cafe Nervosa with Niles and Frazier and Martin sitting outside at Cafe Nervosa. Roz comes to join them, and they notice across the street that there is somebody who looks like, could it be... T.H. Houghton, a reclusive author who wrote the book Time Flies Tomorrow. And that's the only book he ever wrote. It is T.H. Houghton they discover and they, they want to go across the street and meet him, introduce himself, say what fans they are. They lose him uh, into a bar and they continue to look for him while Martin says, I'm just going to stick around at this bar. And it turns out T.H. Houghton just went to the bathroom. He comes out of the bathroom, hangs out with Martin. They watch the Mariners game. They have a few beers together and talk and become good friends. Frazier and Niles come back to the bar to find their dad talking with T.H. Houghton. They can't believe it, and they're about to reveal what big fans they are when someone else at the bar does first, 
and Fraser and Niles decide not to do that. Well, T.H. Houghton's in town for a few days, and he'd like to see Martin again. He doesn't really know anybody, so Martin and T.H. Houghton hang out a couple of times. They watch a baseball game at the condo. They go to a baseball game, two of them actually, a doubleheader. And then eventually, T.H. Houghton leaves the condo and leaves behind his manuscript for his new book. Fraser and Niles briefly debate whether or not they should read the book uh, and decide that, yes, indeed, they should. They read the book together well. Martin and Houghton are at the baseball game. They come back and get caught red-handed and have to admit that they read the book without permission. T.H. Houghton asks them how the book was, and they tell him that it was wonderful, uh, inspired by Dante, described that they really enjoyed the book and the homage to to Dante, and T.H. Houghton says, that wasn't on purpose, and then he gets really angry and throws his book to the gutter in a huge artist move. Yeah. And, and, kind of, and of course it's his only manuscript, I'm sure, yeah. as it always is in that case. And then he kind of storms. He seems like a typewriter guy. He kind of, oh, st- yeah. he kind of storms out uh, at the end, and the Crane brothers have deprived the world of another work of art from T.H. Houghton. You seem like a typewriter person. I would love a typewriter, for sure. Oh, man, if I had a typewriter, I'd throw away this recording equipment. We'd record on a typewriter, Will. Hear me out. All right, write down how funny I am. Make sure it comes across that I'm very good looking. So the episode begins with Fraser and Niles talking foam. Yeah. Which would be the name of their podcast. Talking foam. <laughs> Another better name for the podcast. Oh man. Blowing a foam hole. Is it too late? It's always too late. We'd have to we'd have to send letters to our twelve fans and let them know we've changed. Change the name. all our merch. And yeah. I put down the forty dollars. I'll type the letters. <laughs> I wrote down outdoor seating exclamation point. Yeah, they're using the outdoor set at Nervosa. Could be because... They haven't built out the indoor set! Or more likely, probably, that they needed to see T.H. Houghton across, across. the street. Otherwise, he'd yeah. just be in the cafe. Right. There is and no <laughs> one... T.H. Houghton is not a cafe goer. Only Fraser and Niles could recognize someone from across the street from their dust jacket. I could be kissing distance from Stephen King. I have no idea. Like, there's not <laughs> one author I could recognize from their face. I actually got the down payment of my house when I was kissing distance from Stephen King. <laughs> Long story. Can't go into it. Non-disclosure. Big fan. Just sign here. Martin says the boys don't think I dress well. They're taking me to the Rudolfo's once a year sale. What is he going to buy? Like, what do they want Martin in that he's not wearing? Like, it's like a three-piece suit. It's a great question. I mean, they wear, you know, yeah. Armani suits. Niles and- wears his giant parachute suit. Yeah. I feel like what Fraser wears and what Martin wears are not that different. They That's just true. They both wear, like, buttoned down, tucked in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure men that know men's, people that know men's clothing can, mm-hmm. like, refute me with a lot of detail. But that looks to me like the same thing. Do you think that Martin dresses well? Yeah, just better than we do. Okay. Roz, of course, is ogling. Oh, yeah. Uh, a man. A uh, normal looking man. A normal Look looking again? What's under those clothes? They're so billowy. Probably a normal body. Probably. Right? Men won't work out for another like 10 years, maybe. Roz says that you can tell how good someone is in bed by how they sip their coffee. Sip their coffee, yeah. This is a good what? opportunity <laughs> because I do have some coffee here. So give me, give me your analysis right here. All right. Jason is... <laughs> 
actively coughing, uh, burping, having a hard time. This is not a bit. No, it's not a bit. He really, really, really had a hard time. I, I believe what that tells me is the phrase, this never happens, comes up with you a lot. It's, it's it, normally it, great. Yeah, it, it used to come up a lot. Now I can't use that anymore. Niles blows a foam hole. Do you ever do that? If you're drinking a cappuccino with a heavy foam on top. Uh, no. Okay, that makes one of us. I You blow a foam hole? I, d- I do, actually. Roz would have a lot of feelings about you. Yeah, she would. <laughs> she would watch you sit down and say, that's, I, he's blown a foam hole, he's I, coughing. I am somewhat average looking. I think that I could, I could get Ross. That man can wear those Romney jeans yep. anytime. I wore a button down once. So T.H. Houghton. Yeah. I think that... They nailed the actor playing T.H. Houghton. Uh, that seems like a reclusive author yeah, type to me. Yeah, he does me. not seem like a person that wants to talk to you. Definitely. They went to the bar across the street. First thing I, I learned. There's a bar across the street. Exactly. From Nervosa. We will remember this for the next seven seasons. Worse. So do not at me. <laughs> hashtag 411ths, everybody. 411ths. Get it, our new, new hashtag. Available at the brewery. Taking over Twitter in three, two, and we're trending. Yeah, we're trending. 411ths. Are we supposed to be following people on this? What is Twitter again? I don't know. Okay. You don't let me have a smartphone. Anyways, uh, I've been putting together, as you can see on this corkboard here, a map of Seattle, according to Fraser. We have should have been doing this. Cafe Nervosa. Yep. Right here. And Next then. Next to the Elliott Bay Towers. Across the street is a bar and the radio station, possibly on the lower floor of the radio station building. Now, in that pavilion, where did Fraser get in his fight? Oh, uh, good question. The parking lot of mm. Cafe Nervosa. So, Cafe Nervosa does have its own parking lot. If I park in the Cafe Nervosa parking lot and go to the bar, do I get a ticket? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's not part of the. It's not right same. Not down. the same ownership. Group. Okay, not the same yeah, ownership at all. Definitely. Do they have a sign that's like, if you're. Yeah, is that it's, clear? It's kind of a funny sign, though. Okay. Yeah, it's like. Uh, How is it funny? What does it say? It says cappuccino. No, don't park here if you're going to the bar. Uh, <laughs> Martin is at the bar with Th Houghton. He's watching the Mariners game. Mariners are up four to three, and then they go oh, oh. and then. Oh. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty common. I'm a Mariners fan. That yeah. That's pretty much how it goes, watching a Mariners game. And in baseball, when you're ahead, every point the other team gets counts for two. So immediately <laughs> they were then behind. It's very confusing. System. So many corrections. You actually don't want to score first. Going to move on for the... Because then the next one, obviously. Uh, they're talking Bonanza, the old TV show. They're watching baseball together. They're having a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like... Bar friends. Yeah, bar friends. Seems like a good good bar friend that you stumble upon. I haven't been out or stumbled in a year, but I believe that. You've gotten much better so at tell walking. tell me more about this. You go to a place and you talk to a stranger. Yeah. Next to you. Real close by. Crazy. Yeah. Might even share a this drink. This is the craziest episode of Frasier I've ever seen. That's <laughs> way crazier than that restaurant. There was a guy that came up to T.H. Houghton. Just you wanted to change say, my life. Yeah. So this is J.D. Salinger, right? That's the that's J.D. Salinger's thing that he wrote Catcher in the Rye and then like stopped forever and was a recluse. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, they even did the initial... initial. They mentioned him in a joke they did. in this episode. I'll just get him and J.D. Salinger because it's J.D. Salinger joke. Unless there's you like... Neanderthals. Unless, unless there's other reclusive writers that wrote one incredibly popular book that I don't know about. I do not. I have been trapped in Portland conversations. People are like bouncing between authors that they know. Yeah. And woof. Yeah. I don't know. I can't tell you like six authors. It's going to be tough. I'm like, who wrote The Giver? That person I like. (laughs) 
I love that when they're at the bar, they said, oh my gosh, this is a doodle. It's a Houghton doodle. doodle. And then it was just Martin doodling. Yeah. You yeah. can have a Niles. <laughs> I'd love to see a Martin doodle. I would too. I'm very curious. Well, the Marty Mar- Crane doodle collection. I want to see a Martin doodle. They go to the art exhibit together. Yeah. Frasier and Niles. And have the Frasier and Niles equivalent of locker room talk afterwards. Yeah. The- like, how about that curator? That wasn't cubism. She's a peach. And I'm like, this <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. There's still somehow, you know, very sexist and yeah <laughs> but in the fraser way but in the fraser it's way. upscale so it's better yeah. but of course they missed jd salinger th Houghton. Yeah. he gave eddie his afternoon biscuit <laughs> eddie gets an afternoon biscuit yeah do, does cooper does your dog cooper no he gets treats when you I don't do like a three o'clock bis do you do a three o'clock bis of course i do a three o'clock bis yeah but I, I, the, the thing is i love my dog right but your dog has the metabolism that she doesn't eat every two hours she will die yeah because she's burning the calories so aggressively because uh-huh. she's always shivering. Yeah. Oh, the biscuit is also the only meal of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't love my dog. No, I love your dog. I did. I, we mentioned the J.D. Salinger joke, the exact joke, which I think is one of the better ones in the episode. Well, I, I was ran into J.D. Salinger and Salman Rushdie and went out for margaritas. That, that sounds like a fantastic margarita date. Oh, man. <laughs> But which one gets to dominate the conversation? <laughs> and it would still be me. They both just want to talk Mariners. <laughs> Frazier looks at Eddie and says, don't you dare gloat, you miserable little whore. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he has, if you haven't caught on by season four. That was a grammar ad lib. He's got a lot of <laughs> anger in him. I think yeah. I believe the term was biscuit whore. Biscuit whore. Yeah, sorry. This is no joke. My, my notes are smudged. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that. Yeah, so it says... Uh, don't you dare gloat, you miserable whore. Yeah. No, J.D. Salinger gave Eddie a biscuit. My next note is even more confusing. I'm going to attempt to read it here. It says, Daphne Dig. So, what do you think? Little known fact about baseball. If you're behind, your points count double. <laughs> they're called runs, Will. Jesus. Not a lot of people know that. Well, when you're behind, they're just points. So Daphne, Daphne, most of the day is just chilling out, eating, doing her thing. That does make me feel better. Oh, I'm yeah. glad that most of the day Daphne is chilling out. However, mm-hmm. is the expectation that she's literally constantly cleaning? Like whenever Fraser's around, she's just like wiping shit down. Well, he would be upset if he saw her eating on the couch, probably. Probably, because that's just like no crumbs on the couch. Yeah, This was very much an episode. Remember, she is treated as a 10-year-old. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes she's treated as a 50s wife. This episode, she was treated as like a teen daughter on two occasions. The first one of like, thanks, Eddie. I'm not just teen lounging. I'm doing my chores. The second one being, and I have a follow-up question, when she says, I wouldn't tell Martin if I had the day off. And he's like, fine, you can go. And she's like, oh, going to the mall. But it's no fun if you don't have money to go to the movies, maybe go shopping. And Frasier flips and hands her some bills. How much money did Frasier give her, do you think? Well, okay, so movies and shopping. Movies and shopping. In 1997? I bet a minimum of 60. Minute that? Yeah. The 60 seem right? 60 seems right. Because a, a movie ticket around then, and this is just me guessing from my memory, which some would call remembering. Um, I think it was around seven dollars. Education called to you. <laughs> I think it was less than seven. Yeah, so like five dollars for matinee, seven 90s, for an evening yeah. show, yeah. something like that. So she could get a movie ticket, some popcorn for yeah. under twenty. Call it ten. Going shopping implies. At least $40. Right. Frazier's interesting because yeah. even though he's Frazier, I also think he's really cheap 
at random moments. I would also say he gives her like eighty dollars. Four twenty. We'll go sixty to eighty. Sixty somewhere in there. Let's yep. split let's split the difference. Let's go sixty one. I don't think I don't think Frazier carries tens. <laughs> there, there, I said it. Um, Prediction. I know. Will Frazier ever carry a 10? <laughs> nope. He doesn't carry 10s. <laughs> Only crisp What 20s. a silly prediction. Like, if you mug Frazier, you're getting a lot. You know what a doubleheader is? Uh, they play two games. Okay. I'm not an idiot. No, but before this episode, you knew what a doubleheader is? No idea. Like, two games in a row? Yeah. Like, nine games. innings, nine innings? They used to be very Jesus. popular. That's a lot of baseball. Yeah. Uh, actually, with the COVID season they just had, they brought them back because a lot of games had to be canceled. They had to make them up. So they did uh, seven-inning doubleheaders. So and two it's the games same. Seven the Mariners, like, would play the big bad snakes and then again the Mariners play the big bad snakes right well I mean in real life they'd play an actual baseball team but yeah they play the same okay. team twice so like in a row like the naughty dogs <laughs> Mariners play the naughty dogs right. and then again the Mariners play the naughty dogs just as a reminder yep. uh, can you can you name all the teams from the baseball league you're thinking oh, of oh absolutely well, we got the Mariners the Giants the naughty dogs big bag T-Rexes the mega wolves the street sharks uh, the gopher slashers the shadow ninjas the phoenixes and the tidal waves. Yep, that's you got it. Yeah, that's the Big Ten. So that's the National League. West and what's the American Coast League? League. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Megatrons. <laughs> so me being me, I looked up the Mariners' schedule from 1996 oh my to God. see like when were the doubleheaders? Of course, did they didn't play any? They didn't play any doubleheaders in 1996. But you in 1997, like like podcast. they also didn't play any doubleheaders. So this didn't happen. Yeah, they weren't that popular. I think owners realized that they could uh, make more money if they had games on separate days. So Frazier uh, hears that T.H. Houghton is coming over. Yep. And he gets really excited, and then Niles pops by, of course and Frazier tries to get rid of him. This rare wine. Yeah, which I wrote wine down. Wine shop called. Yeah, so he said, the wine shop called, and they're down to their last two cases of the 82 Chambol Mosengi. And then Niles got excited and then paused. I thought that was really funny, the way that they acted that out, and this little joke that they could have that they knew the exact yeah, year. Yeah, there was a drought. Yeah. Um, you know very well that there was a drought in Burgonia in 1982. <laughs> the locals dubbed it the year of the raisin. <laughs> it's a smart show. <laughs> it's a great... Niles, is, yeah. Niles, like, has done the sommelier test or, like, studied for it. <laughs> So I wondered, was there actually a drought oh my God. in Burgonia in 1982? And here's what I found. Firstly, I looked up the wine, the Chambol Mosengi. The quote about the wine, it is a wine with a personality that allies power and femininity. It demands high-flavored and sophisticated dishes like feathered game in a sauce, for example, or well-roasted lamb, something like that. Is this podcast <laughs> destroying your marriage? So was there a drought, you wonder, is what I heard you ask just now. According to the website, in 1982 in Burgonia, July was scorching, with temperatures in the high 20s really was to drought. 30s centigrade. But despite semi-drought conditions and an early harvest, the wine turned out great and developed a cult following. Not the year of the race. Boom! Frasier writers, that's why the wine was so in demand, because very few bottles were made, but developed a cult following. How long did it take them to research one freaking wine joke? That took me like 20 minutes to find. And you had the internet. And I had the internet. They are smarter than we are. They are way smarter. But they had to use an encyclopedia. You think that the Frasier offices just had encyclopedias nearby? Uh, they absolutely did. Everybody did. And wine did. books, yeah. No question. You had to buy it like $1,200 of encyclopedias. Otherwise, you just like didn't have access to information. Maybe they had it on the computer. Maybe they had the Encarta uh, CD-ROM. No, they just had Mist. 
<laughs> yeah, they were, they, they they were, were just playing, playing Mist. Yeah, that's what happened it's during great. season nine. It was just throwaway. <laughs> Niles wants to contribute to the baseball conversation. Yes. He says the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth to finance the musical No No Nanette. Well, you know what? It didn't happen anyways. I looked it up. Okay. It is a false rumor. It's all false. Okay. You now own the Mariners. Yeah. What player do you sell to finance what musical? I would sell uh, the Mariners' top prospect, Jared Kalenic, uh, to fund a revival of Starlight Express, <laughs> the rollerblade laser light musical. I love that you can just roll that off. Yeah. You did not have to research to answer that. No. I, Worth it. Off the top of my head, everybody. He has to star in it, though. I, That's the twist. I love baseball and Broadway equally. This is right up my alley. <laughs> Hachacha. So Daphne played the money. She got the day off. They get the uh, condo to themselves. And then sitting there is the satchel. With the manuscript. The manuscript. If you were in Niles and Fraser's position, would you have read I would the be, manuscript? Okay, if I'm one of them, am I me or am I Fraser? Let's start out with if it's just you and I okay, as ourselves. I think if this happened with us, we would both be terrified because I can't read a book that fast. And I know you can't read a book that fast. Yeah. So I think it would be both of us not trying to share the information with the other one that we can't read a book that fast. I, if if he someone's would have left, at a baseball game, I'm like, I can't read a book. Even a doubleheader, I'm like, I can't read a book that fast. If he would have left know. the audio book and we had the chance to <laughs> listen then, to Even I don't it. have the attention span to listen to a whole audio book in one sitting. I need more <laughs> dopamine. All right. Now, if you were Frazier or Niles in that situation. Okay. Then, yeah, I'd be very tempted to read this new book. And I would do it because I don't honestly even find it that immoral. Like he's going to the publisher to publish the book. You don't find it that immoral? Not really. On a scale of one to wrong, what they did. Really? Yeah, it's not good. So extremely wrong. You don't know how this scale works. (laughs) It's one, two. Yeah. Wrong. wrong. Yeah, one, two, wrong. (laughs) Yeah, one, two, wrong. An unpublished manuscript reading it when someone's left in your house. Not great, but meh. Okay. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. And Good for you. I think it's more on the wrong end than you do. Most things in life, people find more on the wrong end than <laughs> I do. I'm what you call an antagonist. I, I call you more morally ambiguous. I like that more. I have been described as a Slytherin. <laughs> they want to set the mood just right. Oh, yeah. They should, should get they, the lights. Should they have wine? No. Armagnac. Armagnac. Let's get. Have you ever had Armagnac? No. Is that our next bet? Drink. Our next bet should be Armagnac. Definitely. I've never had it either. I just want to buy a bottle and slam it. (laughs) I also have a very crippling problem. It It makes my morality more fluid because I'm just (laughs) trying to get to my fix. I thought the joke was really funny uh, when Fraser was reading slightly faster than Niles. Yeah. And he would come up with a, we can keep that on the chart. Frazier is a better reader than Niles or a faster reader than Niles. Maybe he's not comprehending. Yeah. Something tells me they both comprehend just fine. Something tells me they comprehend just fine. So do you think that 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 means that Frazier is smarter than Niles? No. Reading speed isn't like intelligence. Do you have, what, what would measure intelligence for you? Um, a complex series of puzzles, uh, like a cube with six ways of getting out, five of which kill you. Would be a measure <laughs> That's the only way? Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, you just assume like, all people are about equal. <laughs> those deep Saw movies when you can't even keep track of the kill puzzle? Like yeah. that. Okay. Like Saw 6 and up. TJ Houghton is pissed. Yeah. About them reading the I'm book. So- I'm sorry. Who is TJ Houghton? Sorry, TH Houghton. I d- okay. Thank you. Thank you. I was confused. Oh, jeez. Can't edit it out. I've been phrase outed. <laughs> On my own phrase cast. 
in my own phrase yard. Now we see who really is unintelligent. I'm taking the corkboard with me. T.H. Houghton is like fine with it. Martin's pissed. Yeah, he should be. Yeah. He's disappointed. My children. And his boys. Betrayal. Yeah. You're like a big bonanza reference. I do believe them that the temptation was too great. They should have had better self-control. But I mean, they apologized immediately. He did not notice he was missing his satchel. Right. Question for you. (gasps) Did you notice the satchel? I did, okay. actually. Because I've seen this so many times. Yeah. I look for it now, but I, I couldn't remember Monster. if it was obvious or I not. I actually did. I did see when he like left it. Because yeah. then I was like, uh, what? the minute he's like, after this, he's going. I'm going to my publisher. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's our next beat here. Yeah. Uh, so we've been, we've been recording for a little while now. Yeah. And early on in this episode, you asked me what the title was for his second book, the manuscript yeah. that they read. What's it called, Jason? It's called... The something song. I What's can't it called. Jason? I can't remember, and it is driving me nuts. I want it so just. To. I, I know. want you to remember this pain. It's driving me nuts. I can't. It's a Fraser factoid that you don't remember. I wish I did. The song to carve it deeper into you. The Hulu app on the with phone, song. and we're going to it. I'm oh, gonna look it up no. just to see no. if I can. I think I still have the Not Hulu you, app on the Will. Phone. I want to take everything away from you, Jason. So T. H. Houghton uh, asks for their review of the book, and they originally just say, "It's great. It's great. Wow. It's great. Wow. It's so good. It's an awesome book. It's like Niles. He'll think we're just charlatans. We need to be more specific and ruin his life." So they compare it to Dante's Divine Comedy. T.H. Houghton didn't realize that, and he says, I have nothing valuable to say anymore. It's what I've always Off the feared. building it goes. Yeah, I thought he was going to throw it into the fireplace at yeah, first. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, but Is uh, it covered by glass? No, I think it, well, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah, I can tell. It, 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 Throws it off. So the people of Seattle each get a page of an unpublished T.H. Houghton book. Mm-hmm. You know what I didn't buy? What's that? Frazier and Niles, if they were the only two people to have read a T.H. Houghton book that is unpublished and then destroyed, mm-hmm. would be so into that. Oh, yeah. They would love that and would just, like, gloat about that. They 100% will tell this at parties. Yes. Right? Like, because they yeah, love They're going to live off exclusivity. Yeah. So they were so, like, hurt by, of like, I want them to realize that this is the coolest thing in the world. Well, you could already see them rationalizing it at the end when they were like, we saved a man's life today. We did. <laughs> Here's something I noticed about this episode. There wasn't really a B story. There wasn't. Which I loved. They, only, this was a great story, and they focused on it the whole episode. We only got perfunctory Roz, yeah. and really Daphne. Roz was just there for like a second. Yeah, and that was really um, just to make fun of Niles. Yes. I'd like you to paint a picture for me. I would like to paint that picture. The picture is this, and it might be a little disgusting. All right. So Marty once mm-hmm. made stew. For his whole platoon, the whole platoon got sick. Do you remember that that incident? Like it was yesterday. Fade in. Korea. 1950-something. We had been entrenched for three days and three nights. Supplies were running low, as was morale. But I still had enough to make my famous Marty Crane chili. Recipe. Ground beef. Cheddar cheese. Tuna fish. Kidney beans. Water. And time. Both the spice and the chronology. I mixed it all together, and it was steaming, and the men were salivating, getting hungry. It lifted their spirits. I served it up, and people ate it greedily. And I said, how is it? And they said, it's great, sir, because I was a lieutenant. But then time passed. This time, just chronology. But later, the spice, as well as other ingredients. 
before you see. Kind of got lost in that metaphor there, didn't you, Marty? No, I didn't. I said it exactly as I wanted to say it. I forgot that this was World War II cheese that I had used. I had that left over. You see, America's got to have a war a decade, or we, like... I don't know, we lose the rights or something. So, we, we, I used the bad cheese. And all the men, they got very sick. And this was very dangerous because they needed to retain the water. So not only did it lower the morale, it lowered the general nutrition, and things were looking bad. So we charged and took heavy losses. I always get a big laugh on that last part. I think I told it wrong. Fade in, Korea. <laughs> That's about what I figured. Yeah, I know. Yeah, about what I figured. Uh, fun it's fact. On the wiki. Fun fact about this episode: the actor that played T. H. Houghton, Robert Prosky, I think is how you pronounce it. Prosky appeared with Jane Leaves, Daphne, in the movie Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the remake <gasps> that was made in the nineties. We did talk about that. That's yeah, cool. That's so fun. That's was he Santa? He was Santa, I believe. He seems like a Santa. He seems like a Santa type. I would be really. I'm gonna get sad when I get typecast as Santa. Yeah, that's gonna. It's be- gonna mean that I. I've lost a lot. I've gained things too, but I think when you get typecast as Santa, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm at this point. It's who I am, you know? It's the same way. Is... Whatever you're a Claus, a Mr. or a Mrs. Claus, yeah. it's like, okay. You, you won't react jollily? No, I'll reassess. Unless it's like a the Santa Claus situation where I'm so you have sex, you'd have to. I'm getting like cursed into yeah, Santa. You, you don't have a choice. But I have a nice Tim Allen body. Mm-hmm. I think we're the only podcast today that mentioned the phrase "nice Tim Allen body." Yeah, I told my trainer that was my goals. Then we did like ten minutes of <laughs> Give stuff. Give me the Tim. The Tim. Give me the Tim Allen. The Tim Allen. Yeah. Uh, walk home. Post cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Pre other stuff. What's your rating for this one? This is a. Uh, I had to watch it twice because we had to record this twice. So yeah, for those that don't know, our first episode, our first time, out. we got rained out. We made it was going great. Like if you think this one was good, it was even better. And if you think this one was bad, it was way better. It was worse. If the first game of a doubleheader gets rained out, do you just do the second one? Do you then do a third game later if the rain then stops? You wouldn't play the first. It wouldn't be a third game. Interesting. Okay, so my rating <laughs> would be a three. Uh, a little yeah. above average for me. Yeah, I totally agree. It's a five. Uh, five out of five. Uh, really? Love really? this episode. This is a love, five for you. Love this episode. Okay. Let me tell you this. Firstly, I have many fives because I love you this have show. too many okay. fives. I don't have too many fives. This is a great episode, Will. Um, the reason that uh, I rate it so highly, though, is because not necessarily that it's great as an individual view. That should be what it you in, should rate it on, though. In my in, in my rewatches, mm-hmm. I always watch this one. I always seek this one out. And when I think of great Frasier episodes, this is one that comes to I mind. I think that just speaks to your unique mental <clears throat> illness more so than the quality Will, of the episode uh, of the show. Who's rating here? Oh, it's me yeah. and my mental illness rating. <laughs> And all of my personalities agree. No, in reality, I do think this is a great episode because I think that it says a lot about Niles and Fraser's character, right? That they, they had this temptation. It, it was a realistic temptation for them. The whole episode straddled that great line between reality and sitcom. Like the situations right. were yeah. just plausible enough to happen. It wasn't anything that crazy. But it was still interesting enough. And uh, we get this character who's only in there briefly, but I thought the character was a great addition. A little conflict between Martin and the boys, but not enough to really ruin things. I don't know. It was great. And lo- right. lots of good jokes. Fine. Boom. All right. Fine. Okay. Next episode is called Head Game. And I'm going to send you a picture right now. Head so, Game. Yeah, Head Game. Okay. And if you could describe the picture as well. 
Okay, this is a picture of a money plane DVD that I sent to you. <laughs> no, that's not it. Head game. Okay, it is... Niles is talking to, just based on the, the uniform, I'm assuming this is a basketball player. So Niles is talking to a basketball player, head game. Niles is treating Seattle's star forward on the Seattle Stompers, because that's what I'm calling their basketball team, and we're all living there now. And um, while treating him, because he's Niles, he doesn't actually care about if he keeps being a basketball player and talks to him about like how to have a more fulfilling and whole life. And Niles actually convinces him to leave the team, take a break from basketball, something, and the whole city of Seattle is out for Niles' blood. So it's Niles then going back and trying to convince him to actually, no, no, join the team. I didn't realize how big a deal this was. My first advice was bad. Parts of that prediction are correct. Hooray! Niles is in the episode. Uh, stick around for next oh, week. Whatever. We'll see how close that Will got to head game. Uh, that's coming up. Until then, please follow us online. Instagram, Twitter, Will and Jace Frazier Podcast. Search us out. Leave us kind reviews on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And thanks for listening, everybody. I'm done. No more. No more.